Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Take another deep breath. (laughs) Um, I should just do it again, and here's why is the breath is the spirit. The ruach of God is the spirit of God, right? And you, Yahweh, even the word Yahweh means to breathe in and exhale. Yah, it's actually an inspiration and way, expiration, right? And so even as you just sit here right now, I'm just going to ask you to do that. Just breathe in and really think, oh, Lord, fill me and exhale, right? Our whole lives are meant to be lived as a great big inhaling him and exhaling to around about us, all the people, because they need to know that he's, that, they, that, that he's good and his words come through us that way, right? So when we carry his words and his heart and his love, we breathe in and exhale to around about us. Breathe him in, exhale around about. And the world is changed. Literally, the world gets changed when we speak and do his words, speak his words. That's how he shaped the world in the beginning, right? Okay, today I'm actually not really going to preach or teach we're going to do a bit more ministry, and just for a heads up, I did tell some people already, um, just to be ready to pray. Um, uh, what we're going to do is, and I'm, I'm grateful because Sammy, uh, this word that she has, has been burning in her heart about the stripping away of things, is um, it's related to this. I think that this is a good way to understand it. Who's ever had a fracture, like a bone or a leg, or a, you fractured something, right? And do you know, it might start as a little crack, and it might start as, um, as painful as a little crack. If you keep bearing more weight, the crack and the fracture increases. And the more weight you put on it, the fracture can really keep increasing and keep increasing until, boom, there's a massive big break, and you can't bear weight, and now it's really serious injury. Do people understand what I'm talking about, if I put that like a bone fracture? Well, spiritually... God wants to put so much of his presence in us, but if we have little fractures and if we have little things in us undealt with, he wants the the weight of his glory and how much of his spirit he wants to pour through our lives into us so that we can be um, uh, pure vessels of his presence and carry it around about every day. That weight of his glory will break us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like a physical fracture in a bone, if we have undealt with areas and we're hanging on to things and we, 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 the, the weight of his glory will break us. And so it is his mercy and his goodness and his kindness that actually doesn't put his presence among us in a way that would break us because he knows the status of our heart and the condition of our heart and this is not to condemn anyone, but he knows the condition of our heart. He knows what we can handle and he will not give us more than we can, can handle. But who knows? I just want everything God's got for me. I want, I want to be someone who can, the, the life of Jesus Christ is replicated through my life in my streets, in my community, where I shop, where you, know, where you go to work, where you go to school. And the life of Christ should be so full, full. You should be so full of that that your life becomes looking like, feeling like, touching as someone else comes and touches your life. And they feel like they've touched Jesus, right? He wants to do that with our lives. And that presence and that glory and for us to carry that amount of, of Holy Spirit that requires us to say yes to his purification program process. You understand what I'm saying? 
that's the ministry we're going to do. A little bit of that ministry right now. And um, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to pray. Just breathe in again. Just breathe in the spirit. Like, and, and exhale, gentle. And posture your heart right now. God, I pray, give me the words. Lead this moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. We invite you here to really be the one to minister. Because a human can't do this. Really, really. There's no human smarts, intellect, strength, ingenuity. Nothing of the human can do this kind of ministry. It's got to be done by the Holy Spirit. And so we devote our hearts and our mouths and our words and our listening ears to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I proclaim the blood of Jesus upon everybody here in this meeting from the top of people's heads all the way to the soles of their feet. May the pure, precious blood of Jesus Christ be upon everyone's mind, their subconscious, their unconscious, their conscious, their mind, through their thoughts. I pray the plead the blood of Jesus right now. Precious Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. We say yes to everything you want to do here right now. Holy Spirit, you are in control. We give you control. We give you control. We yield to you and we want to hold nothing back from you. We want to not hinder you in any way. We want to give you your way. So we take the brakes off our lives and in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask, Holy Spirit, come have your way. Take over. I even just pray right now for just release angels around about here, more warrior angels for protection for people. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Even right now, I just silence any enemy voice in the name of Jesus. I silence all doubt and fear and any enemy voice in the mighty name of Jesus. We silence you now. Okay, so to begin, I'm going to read a little bit from um, Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, just to give a little bit of context to what God wants to do today. Um, those two chapters contain um, seven churches. God, Jesus, Jesus, because Jesus loves his church right? He loves his church. He wants us to live pure. He wants us to be blemish-free, wrinkle-free, because we can contain more of him, right? He is so pure and so holy, and he cannot dwell where there's putrid and putrefaction and things that we've allowed to just sit in us and dwell in us, because it would burn us if he would come and give his presence in the way that I know that you want. I know we all want it, right? We want more of his presence, but but the the... the if we've allowed the rottenness and some putrid of lies, it festers there. And so he's very careful. And it's his mercy sometimes that doesn't really just fill us because we'd be glory burned. We'd literally get glory burns. Okay. So I'm going to read. This is just from, and um, this is the NIV, and I'm not going to read all of the two chapters. I've picked out a couple of verses that the Holy Spirit highlighted to me for this morning. Um, so there's seven churches, right, to the, to the um, Revelation chapter 2, to the Ephesus church. He really was congratulating the Ephesus church, and he said this. But, and and you, you, to the Ephesus church, you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So God... 
actually does hate things, the things that he hates and it's sinfulness and it's the, the mixing of, um, I'm a Christian, but the mixing of stuff that we get from the world and we think that we can blend it and we create around about us a syncretism, which is a blending, a mixing of, I'm a believer and I have a bit of a worldview from the Bible, but I also have a little bit of a worldview mixed in with what is not biblical, right, and which is from the world or even sometimes not just worldly people, but actually doctrines of demons, all right? So he's like... Purify that, pull that out. Okay, I'm skipping down to um, verse 14, chapter 2, verse 14. Now this is to the Pergamum church. And he's, he's saying, look, you're doing well. There's some things that I love, but here is something that I want you to deal with. Verse 14, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There's some among you who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Verse 15, likewise, you also hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans again. So Balaam was a prophet, but he was actually a false, he was like a prophet for hire. <laughs> he was a prophet for hire. And Balak was the king of uh, the Moabs, a region in the promised land, or as the, as the Israelites were passing through. And, and Balak, Balak, the king, was trying to entice Balaam to curse God's people, which he wasn't allowed to, but instead they went back and conspired together and together then brought Moabite priestesses and women into the Israelite camp. You can read this if you want to take notes. Read this in um, Numbers 22, 23, 24, and 25. Five chapters. Um, Balak and Balaam, they enticed the Israelites into sin through sexual immorality, and they brought their pagan worship in to the Israelite camp. So sexual immorality is also like sexual um, uh, unfaithfulness to God, the immorality, right? It's, it's the physical immorality or sexual immorality when it's not pure between a man and a wife who's married in God's design. Everything else is a perversion, right, the physical side. But in a spiritual sense, we are unfaithful to God. We commit like a spiritual adultery to God when we allow wrong teachings in and when we allow things to come into our spirit and we do not say no to the things of the world when it's just the world is... like The, the picture of Balak and Balaam is the picture of the world. God is releasing Israel out of Egypt, right? He's pulling them out and putting them into the promised land and he's the enemy comes in along the side and just trying to press, press, press more sexual immorality and here's more. Here's a little bit of this. Here's a little bit of that. Here's some wrong food to eat, right? To pollute their worship. And every... Where every day that you walk out in this world, we're in a war zone, right? And so if you are unaware, every day something else is coming alongside you that the enemy is trying to do to distract you, to pull you away from your purity of your worship and understanding who God is. It's the same as the Balaam and Balak thing, right? Okay. Um, verse, 18, verse, verse 18, to the angel in the church of Thyatira write this, and I'm using this verse because... These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like a blazing fire. On Friday night, we had our worship night um, at, the, at the Montellas. We do have a Friday night worship night. It's all the other way in Virginia Beach, the other end of town. So just trying to touch those both bases for people. Um, and um, I actually saw Jesus standing in the middle of the room, but I, I, this is the first time I saw him like this. His eyes were the blazing fire blazing and it was piercing and it's because he's holy and his beauty is immeasurably you can't 
put words to it, actually. The beauty of Jesus, but the, the, the love that pours through his eyes toward you is, is going to burn away stuff. And there's love, love pours through those eyes as well, right? But it's for us because he wants to take us into a place with him so close. We sung all morning like about intimacy, right? And deepness and deep relationship. He's done all the work for us. Our job is the letting go. Our job is the repenting. Our job is just saying no to the things of the world, right? Right? Okay, to that church, verse 20, you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Teaching, uh, in her teachings, she misleads my servants into, again, sexual immorality and foods sacrificed to idols. So it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the physical, but it's actually representing the spiritual, the spiritual fornication, the spiritual adultery, spiritually mixing wrong food on sacrifice, which is if I'm just worshipping Jesus, but there's a bit of me over here that was also given over to idolatry of uh, like TV or social media, right? Um, I'm going to, that's it actually for Revelation verses. So I'm setting that up a little bit because God really wants us pure. He wants us really pure. And it's not our work. We don't, we can't purify ourselves. The work of the cross has purified us. There's nothing we can do to pay our way to it or work our way to it. The deeds that we do are only a reflection of the repentant life. And I've, I've been given so much, of course, I'll turn around and I'll love, right? There's no working our way into this. There's only the, I surrender I'm going to repent of that thing. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to let go of that thing because I know if I let go of that worldly thing, I get more of you, Jesus, into my life. And that's what I was created for in the first place. And the exchange, when you let go of the worldly stuff and realize what was waiting for you on the other side, which is just more of Jesus and more of intimacy and more of relationship with him and a faith that just keeps going and the resurrection life of Jesus flowing through you stronger and stronger every day so that your life literally starts to reflect Jesus and you walk around your town, your city, and wherever you work, and literally people know they've come in contact with Jesus. It's the reality that he wants for every single one of us. No one is outside this, not one single believer. And it doesn't matter about age, it doesn't matter about how long you've been a Christian, it doesn't matter if you're educated in a seminary or just first day Christian, first day, you know, one day old Christian. You still have this access to his heart and this access to the intimacy that he wants to have with us all. And it really comes from, I believe by faith, I can repent my way away from the stuff from the world that is coming in to pollute because the enemy wants to do, if he can pollute me, he, he diminishes me. If he can pollute me with his stuff, he discourages me. If he can pollute me, I start wearing his shame and then I start wearing it like a cloak it diminishes me, right? And so it's the, it's the, if we, if we will allow the Lord to really go in and tweak and mess around a little bit with our heart and our thinking and not hold so, like cling to the things of the world, but really just let them go and say, I'm sorry, God. I, sometimes you're willfully holding on to them. Other times in ignorance, right? We haven't known. We haven't known we were doing something that was worldly. We haven't known we were doing something that brought mixture, right? So there's the willful side and the ignorant side. But, but God's okay with it all. He just asks us to let it go. He just says, okay, okay, let it go. If you repent, you are free. And by the blood of Jesus, that thing is separated from you as far as the east is from the west, right? And, and right there, there's restoration, there's healing, there's wholeness that comes right away. Jesus can pull anything out of you that you've said yes to. 
He can pull anything out of you that uh, maybe your grandparents and, or your parents or generations out have cursed the family line. Jesus can cut all that off and pull all that out in seconds, right? Because he's God. He's God, the powerful one, almighty, all-knowing. He knows it all, sees it all. He knows what's there and he can do it in seconds. But it's the seconds after we just go, yes, I don't want it. So now, yesterday, all week I knew he was going to do this today, but yesterday he actually gave me exactly what certain things. And, I, you know, you could sit there going, oh, she could have talked about several more things to do with that. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to do what he asked me to do. He said four areas. He's going he's gonna, to, four areas is the occult new age. The second area is physical health. The third area is the electronic media distractions. The fourth area is the religious side of the way we do Christianity and church. So, so I'm just going to ask you, like posture your heart. You can keep your eyes open. Be comfortable. You can keep your eyes open. You can close your eyes. doesn't matter. But, uh, but uh, don't be worried about your neighbor. I'm also going to say this is a really big open area here. If you want to come up here and get some prayer, I, we have people who are going to agree with you and pray through stuff. I'm also going to ask you if, um, just be really open to Jesus. Understand the exchange. Understand that what he wants to give you is it's eternal life. And, but it, to start now, like his resurrection life now in you from this day forward, that's going to bring you into eternity. But the resurrection life of Christ in you now, which is, far beyond anything that you can do for yourself, far beyond anything anybody else can do for you other than just the Lord himself, okay? So posture your hearts. And again, if, I'm, if I start talking about some things and you feel like you want to just come to the front and get extra prayer or have someone else agree with you, it's open. You can lie flat on your face, stand up, put your hand, hands down. It's comfortable, okay? Okay. So... The occult and satanic um, world is very real. I think people, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, some people in this room might not have even thought much about it, but it's becoming more apparent, more apparent, more apparent all the time. And, and, and it's actually God who's doing that because he wants to pull it out of people. He wants to pull any, any if you've been involved or you've had family members involved, he wants to cut this off today. Okay, but he wants you to have this heart that's like, yeah, I want no part of Satan. I want no part of demons. I want no part of their, their festivals and their parties and the things that they do that just draw even believers, even sometimes smart believers into. So Freemasonry is part of the occult. I don't know anybody in this room if you are involved in that. I don't know. Um, Holy Spirit hasn't told me that, but he did say we've got to cut it off today. Um, it's very prevalent across all of America. In every little small town, every big city, there's like some kind of local chapter of some kind of lodge. And the lodges all feed right back into the big um, grand lodges, which is the Freemasonry. Now, this is important you understand. The Freemason, American Freemasonry started in European Freemasonry, and it is satanic occultism. It's not just a club that you go to that you just play games with, bingo, hanging out and having barbecues and letting the kids... It's not. It's not that. It is a satanic cult. And at the very end of it, it leads people 
into the biggest trap and, and by the, be- the beginning stages is the invitation. Oh, we really like you. You're an upstanding person in the community. We'd like to get involved with you. We'd like you to be our friend. We could, you can make us better and we can make you better. All of that language that just wraps up a person's ego. Oh, I should join them. And then you, you rise through the steps, right, based upon their approval of you, right? And so I don't know if anybody in this room has been part of it, but I, I absolutely know just by the number of people sitting here that you would have had family members most definitely and maybe in ancestors one, two, three, four, five generations back. So we're going to pray and cut that off now. So... Do this with me. Like, repeat my words. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I do not agree with Freemasonry. I break all alignment with anything from me, my father's, mother's, families, the next generation, and every generation of my family line. I break all alignment. Every curse every oath, every initiation ceremony, I break agreement with that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. It's that simple, people. It's really this simple, okay? And so I just, I pray right now, Father, for the blood of Jesus just to stand really like a wall between people if if there has been that involvement. And I do pray that the heaviness would come off if there has been heaviness in Jesus' name, that there'd be freedom from that, freedom in Jesus' name. Um, I've seen this happen. Literally, you can see sometimes demons stick on a person based upon a familiar spirit from a generation or two or three or five out, and it can just stick on the family, and the curses and the oaths bind to the new family member. And so that's what we just broke right? So, so demons that may have been assigned to you through your family mem- line, through Freemasonry, that's been broken. Now, if you, if you, because I don't know everybody in the room, right? If you have um, this in your background and you've had those thoughts of my family's been doing that, or, 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 and maybe later today or tomorrow or next week, those thoughts come up again, just say, no, that's broken. In Jesus' name, that's broken, right? Don't Agree with it again. Don't align with it again. Train your brain, train your mind to just say, no, I agree with who Jesus Christ is and he's the eternal king and his blood has separated that from me and my now moving forward family line. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now I'm going to add a few other things with this, with the new age. Um, um, and I'll tell this story so because this is, again, it's not condemnation because I, I, I was doing yoga 15 years ago. I did yoga for about nine months to almost a year and I, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I, I just didn't know. I was like, I've got a friend who does Christian yoga, which is BS. Um, that's not rude in Australia. Sorry, people, if you don't know me. <laughs> It's obfuscation. <laughs> it's also, um, so, so, so yoga, I did yoga for almost a year, not really knowing the origins. I was just doing it because my friend has a gym and she's got Christian yoga and Christian music and, and it's great stretching and I felt great. I had no idea what it actually means, much of the language that's centered around yoga. Yoke's a believer to a demon. It opens up your life in a very big way and yokes you to a demon. And by doing the yoga poses, you're saying yes 
Come and fill me up. Demons, plural, because it's usually not just one. Now, um, the Lord really showed me that. I had to really repent and close those doors. And, and so yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask today that people also willingly give that up. Now, it's not that stretching is bad. Stretching is good for us, right? But the purpose and intent behind yoga in the 1970s, um, they pushed yoga as a couple of people, not many, just Shelley McLean was one of them, pushed yoga into the America and Australia, into our um, cities, and said in the early 70s, we are going to get the Christians to do yoga, and we are going to get the Christians to so love it that they'll defend it. I, I, I know people today that defend doing yoga like nothing else. And so that was in the early 70s. In the mid-80s, they went, we had no idea how successful we'd be and how quickly this would be so successful. This is, this is the new age occult people, right? They were, they were so successful, they were shocked by their success that they got Christians to mix themselves with demons and then defend it. So I'm asking, I'm really asking again, actually not me, it's really the Lord put this, right? He does not want us saying yes to any, any demon. He does not want us living with any mixture, right? He, and so if you really could, um, so I see in the spirit, I don't see 100% of the time, I see what he wants me to see, a, a certain ministry that he wants me to do, right, or protection. And, um, but sometimes I really can see what demons are hanging around a person, and I can see angels too. So it's not, you know, the angels are bigger, stronger, you have more of those. <laughs> Just going to say that. <laughs> um, but um, we're going to break the yoga off. I'm also going to run through a few other things. Now, if you have visited psychics, Christians, you have to listen to me, believers. The psychics are listening to demons. And it's a familiar spirit that's attached to a person that goes, that knows the family history. So, of course, you can talk to your Aunt Betsy, who lived 20 years ago but now is dead. Of course, the psychic can give you the full reading on Betsy's life. Oh, you had an aunt and, oh, she died in a car crash. And, oh, she's telling you this from heaven right now. It's a lying, lying spirit. The psychics are tapping into the demonic and the demonic the, uh, demons will follow family lines and so they know the whole history of your family and can speak to you through a psychic and you go open yourself up to, oh my gosh, how do they know all this information about me, right? So psychics, psychics are demonic. They are listening to demons and the purpose of their, their you know, whatever their industry, what do they call it? I don't know. They, you know, they do psychic readings. Um, they're, they're, the purpose that they have that Satan has them doing this for is to pollute you. It is to get you to yourself listen to demons. If you start listening to demons, suddenly your own ability to hear from the Holy Spirit is really quelched, like really strangled, right? Because the Jezebel spirit, that's her job, is silence the prophetic. And she'll have, she has all kinds of multiple ways, using all kinds of spirits, fear, manipulation, witchcraft, um, lying spirits sent to you to try to get you to not listen to the Holy Spirit or not be able to listen to the Holy Spirit because you've allowed mixture. Okay, so yoga. Okay, trusting crystals. I know the earth is electrical. I know. I know all the frequency stuff. But listen, we don't trust in crystals for healing. We trust in Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross for our healing. Amen? 
Amen. Burning sage, same thing. Don't burn sage in your house to try and ward off spirits. These are just things the Holy Spirit gave me. The, um, the Enneagram. Now, I want to just explain the Enneagram is not just a personality profile. The Enneagram is rooted in Satanism. So, and, and people try and trace it back to people like Pythagoras. Nowhere in Pythagoras's readings at all, writings at all, because it's actually not even anything that they can, they just speculate, oh, Pythagoras did this. No. Enneagram is satanic. And the whole point is self-validation. Our validation is supposed to come from the Lord only, not other people and not personality profiles, right? Some of the other personality profiles are not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about Enneagram with the, with the diagrams around it that look almost like a pentagram, similar. But, but um, if you want more information on that, I've got a ton. If, if people are going, well, help show me, right? It's so prevalent right now. There's Christians, even Christian authors writing books to promote it, but it is satanic, so I said to you that Balak and Balaam couldn't curse the Israelites. So they went away and decided, oh, we'll just, you know, manipulate our way back into the people by, by sexual immorality and getting them to eat food sacrificed to idols, right? That was, that's just a picture for us of how understand that the enemy so seeks daily to try and pull away and chip away and, and pull down um, our, our ability just to trust in God alone and have a purity of faith for who Jesus Christ is. And so the enemy is going to exploit every single thing that you give him. And so this is about not is closing all those doors and not allowing him to exploit stuff, right? Okay, so just the syncretism, right? It, syncretism is just poly, many. I have a bit of the world and I have a bit of new age. I have a bit of psychology. I have a little bit of, oh, Oh, this is a good one. Time magazine, all those glossy magazines in the supermarkets these days are like mindfulness, a higher conscious thinking. It's very popular. Um, in fact, in fact, I, think you, every, I don't know everybody because there's a few new people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, our church didn't close through COVID. We kept meeting and didn't enforce anything. In fact, really asked people not to <laughs> do the mandates. And... and um, um, but with that, understand across America, there's this growing movement called the Patriot Movement, which is great. Patriotism, nothing wrong with patriotism. But in the Patriot Movement are a lot of other people who are very new agey, yeah. right? And, and it's, not, it's not that they're not having that. They carry the same message that we would carry, live free, right? They carry that same message. But, but to understand that they, underneath that message is, oh, higher conscious thinking and meditations and apps for your phone to help you. If you can't sleep at night, I have an app that will help you meditate your way to sleep. Well, how about instead, if you can't sleep at night, start praying. <laughs> if you can't sleep at night, listen to some worship or put some kind of, you know, scripture into your heart. Right? Right? Do, so, so understand this is just every little way that he tries to get in. He's going to try and get in. So that's the, we're going to pray over all of this stuff. We already did Freemasonry, but... All right. Now, I don't know people in here. Like I said, I don't know what everybody does. But if this stuff that we've been talking about, and you're like, yeah, I need a... Maybe Holy Spirit's highlighted it in your heart. I'm going to ask you now to just really pull that out of your heart while well, allow Jesus to, right? You're surrendering. It's why we do this in worship. It's the international sign of surrender, <laughs> right? And so just, just surrender your heart right now. God, I pray that you rip out everything that people are just giving up right now. Um, in, I'm just going to add pharmacia to that.
all of the pharmacia trusting in wrong, wrong drugs, like anxiety, if you're taking anxiety medications or herbs for anxiety, do you know what? It's pharmacia. And so, so Jesus, I pray, Father, that's sorcery, by the way. It's the Greek word for sorcery. Um, and the drugs open us up to sorcery. I'm not saying don't take medication. Like my daughter takes insulin, right? She needs insulin. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the dependence upon this stuff is idolatry, wrong dependence to, to um, take care of fear. When it's Jesus Christ who said, I've taken care of the fear and I've trust in me and in my promises and you won't have anxiety. Anxiety often is just a spirit of fear, much, much more often than it ever is anything chemical going on in a person's brain. And so yield off that too, right? In Jesus' name, God, I just pray, Lord, that you just pull things out of people right now. We just bind again and silence things and ask Jesus, pull stuff out of people. Help people yield. I pray for faith in hearts right now, God. Put faith in hearts now to really be able to say yes to you and to yield this stuff, Jesus. Jesus is so gentle. This can be, Jesus is gentle, right? Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, now the, the third one, sorry, second one was physical health. And again, it's, it's, um, I want to talk a little bit about this. So um, everybody is of an age here where you know you've gone to the doctor sometimes. And Tell me about your family history. Do you have this, this or this or this, this disease in your family line? And you're like, yes, 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 no, no. <laughs> and, and you start aligning with what the doctor is telling you that you should be concerned about because your great-grand, you know, uncle had this, aunt had that, grandfather had that, and you start agreeing with their very demonic diagnosis, well, that mother had that, so that daughter will have it too. Do you understand that this is you agreeing with demons that follow the family lines and try to make people sick or agreeing with the fear, the fear demons because the power of persuasion and the spoken word can create fear and a process in us that gets us to agree with the devil? So let's, we're going to break that, okay, over the physical healing. So wrong, and, and, and so that's, that's just for the family history stuff. So now we don't anymore say, well, my uncle was a... Um, alcoholic, my dad was an alcoholic, my mother had breast cancer, and blah, whatever, whatever. Don't let those words come out of your mouth, right? Say, that may be in my family line, but the eternal truth is that Jesus Christ has set me free from anything and everything that would come to me from my uh, ancestors, right? We don't agree with that. So Jesus, we're just praying right now that every wrong word spoken, whether people have spoken over themselves, anything they may have agree, agreed with themselves, we break off right now every wrong word, every wrong agreement, every lie in the mighty name of Jesus. Because no, just because a lot of people have cancer in your family does not mean that you will get cancer. In Jesus' name, we break that off in Jesus' name. And so God, any other disease, any other thing that people have just sat under with the fear because of other family members right now, in Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, wipe it away. Cut it off, people. The thinking, the lies, the agreement to the lies, break it off, people, in Jesus' name. And I pray for so much healing to flow in our families because the blessing of the Lord is what you want. You want to put your blessing on us and you want us to live with divine health. And sometimes it's a matter of just tweaking our thinking because Job said, that which I feared the most has come upon me. But in the reverse is, that what I believe for faith in 
I will get that. Amen? Okay. Electronic distractions. Now, the, since the 1950s till now, uh, it, it, it predates the 1950s, but that was when, like, the televisions came, started filtering into homes, right? 1950s, 60s, 70s, real increase of television. And people gave themselves to it. And the devil is the king of propaganda. And through our television sets, we've sometimes thought we're just being benignly entertained. Not realising that half the time, some of the TV shows is predictive programming. It's propaganda. It's been teaching us to believe wrong things. It's been um, getting us sometimes, like, like if you're someone that really loves to watch horror movies, you have to really ask yourself, why would I want to watch people's flesh being cut off them? And, and why would I want to, why do, why am I drawn to watch pain, violence, horror? Ask yourself, right? Because that is not part of God's kingdom. That is part of the enemy kingdom. In heaven, nobody is getting cut up with a chainsaw. Do you understand what I'm going with some of the TV that some people really like to watch? In heaven, there's no suspense over some thriller and person having some violent act done against them. There's none of that in heaven. Now, I want heaven here on earth just as it is in heaven, right? I want heaven here on earth. I, I want our lives to see and feel and, and, and because we can pull, we can draw, we can make those spiritual draws from heaven to earth and bring and literally manifest a lot of what happens in heaven can be ours here on the earth. But we've got to understand then that there can't be the same pursuit on the other side of the things of the enemy's kingdom. And much of the entertainment that people have given themselves to is originates in the enemy kingdom, pain, violence, killing, murder, right? And if that, listen, entertain. The enemy can enter you and detain you from the entertainment that you've been making yourself available to. Do you understand what I said? Entertain. Enter me and detain me. Demons, I've seen this. Demons come out of the television and land in a person. And video games are the same, same way. I'm talking about any kind of electronic stuff. I've seen demons come out of videos and land in a person. And sometimes in movies or TV shows, things I've seen advertised. Um, 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 the, there's a Pokemon movie that came out. I saw it advertised. Well, I saw the advertisement and literally one of the Pokemon funny cute characters is a demon that I've seen in the spirit and so this world of entertainment that we think there's nothing wrong with really very much is very wrong and making believers sick and diminishing us and diminishing our faith diminishing our ability to hear from the Holy Spirit and really live the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live right and so, and so, you know, I was raised by non-believers. I, you know, I watched TV. I was watching any kind of TV. I and um, it was really the Lord that was started to really clean up what I was watching and what I was thinking. And he will help you with this, right? There's no, um, it's, this is not to condemn, but it very much is an invitation into allowing the Holy Spirit. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to really say, hey, it is time to boot that out of your life now. Because he wants, again, it's the purity. 
what you give to Jesus, he can really fill with himself if it's this pure vessel, right? He wants us to have um, such effect in the earth that we would bring in the end time harvest. I want to be one of those people. I want, I want, to, I want my life to really count and be, I want to be a world changer, right? I want my life to really count for the kingdom and to make a massive difference for the kingdom of God. And, and if you're really making that choice, your heart has got to say yes to Jesus. Purification process. So, okay, close your eyes. We'll pray over this one. Actually, I pray right now, Jesus, that people would have a massive upgrade in discernment. Massive upgrade in discernment. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for spiritual seeing, spiritual hearing, and the ability to know that it's you or, or their own voice or the enemy's voice. I pray for a massive upgrade in spiritual hearing. In fact, do it so big, God, that people would not be able to, to try and distract themselves away from it. I pray literally interrupt people, arrest their hearts, and give them such um, discernment so that when now they are watching their TV, they can quickly discern the propaganda, they can quickly discern the lies, literally, that they'd hear you say, Holy Spirit, that's a lie, and be able to switch off the television set. So, I just pray, Father, for people to be able to um, discern and be self-aware from their own use of social media, and if it's become an idol in their life, or their own watching of sports, if it's become an idol in their life, if they're watching TV that's just very um, polluting their spirit, I pray for this, like a spiritual awareness, a sensitivity to you to really know what's going on in their hearts and so they can really switch that stuff off and repent. And even now, if you're wanting to, just give it up to the Lord. Just go, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I have spent too much time. I've spent more time watching sport than I ever spend praying, more time on social media than I ever do uh, with you right? Because he's, he's the, he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. And he wants you to spend time with him. And the enemy is smart. And he will put these things in your way to distract you from spending time with Jesus. Right? It's, it's, it's the same war. It's been the war, same war from the beginning. And so Jesus, I just, I pray, I pray that people would really understand that the media are the Baal prophets. 900 of them, 450 Ashtoreth and 450 of Jezebel prophets that Elijah killed. And um, you want us in our life to kill off those Baal prophet voices. So he was one man versus 950 voices. And that's like representative of the social media and all of the 950 ways. <laughs> he can just bombard you every day. But the one voice you have to listen to is the Lord's, Right? And so I pray, God, for discernment. I pray people really be able to, um, spiritual self-awareness to know when they really need to put down their TV remote, social media, whatever it is. Um, or, or, yeah, just I pray for wisdom for people on that from you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Okay, just the last one. I've been in church all my life. Um, and I know a lot of people in the room have too, and other people, maybe you're newer. Um, I'm 52, for those of you that know, so my earliest memories are of being in a Catholic church, actually, and I, 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 love, I love Catholics. This is my Nana's cross. I just wear it turned around because I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> um, 
some of my earliest memories were of being um, in church. And then when I was old enough, my parents would let me just go, go I'd just go set up everything. <laughs> I wanted to be a nun. <laughs> Thank God for the Protestant side of the church. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh, I can, I can serve you and still get married. I'm going to be a Protestant. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was much later I realised that. But that's just funny. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, okay, that being said, I, I know that people in the room, many people in the room will have had great experience with church and people in the room will have had not great experience with church. But I know this. I know it's just if you have a heart and you have a set of lungs and you breathe in and breathe out and you've been in church long enough, that's going to happen. Right? You're going to run into people that are going to paint a bad picture of who God is, the Father. And you're going to run into people and churches that do things in a way that is not biblical, even though they're calling it Bible-based. Right? Because <laughs> a lot of words, is, uh, you know, people can say whatever they like. And if you hear it long enough and don't check it out for yourself in the Bible, you're going to believe what they're saying, even from a pulpit. I know that in America, easily half of the half of the pastors probably need deliverance. <laughs> Who said that? Who said someone? Someone says like, preach it. <laughs> it's true. Where the Holy Spirit is pushed out of a church, the person responsible is the person who's running the church. Make no mistake. And if it's happened, it's because that person is controlled by demons. And that's strong. I know that's strong. It needs to be strong. If the Holy Spirit has been pushed out of a church, and not just pushed out of a church, maybe just shoved in a corner in a box and put off to the side, the pastor and the pastors likely need deliverance, some counselling, some inner healing, and some correction from the Word of God. Because the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that is 2 Corinthians uh, 3.17. The Lord is the Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. So Jezebel had her 900 prophets. And Jezebel killed off God's prophets, right? Today, it happens just the same in the church. The silencing of the voice of God, the silencing of the prophetic voice. Every single believer is supposed to be a prophet, Every single believer, what that means is you can hear God, you can hear his voice, you know what is to do even, you have the interpretation, you know how to apply it. And us growing into maturity as believers is understanding you are prophetic. You're supposed to live by revelation, right? The church does not do that, the majority, does it? It's because more than half of the pastors need to be delivered So sometimes it just begins with a little bit of insecurity. I'm going to protect my own. So that means I need a control so I can protect my own. Sometimes it's there's, there's full-blown Jezebel. I actually stepped into a church one time and um, shook one of the men who was about to be made an elder. He shook my hand like this. And, I, and on his arm, 
was coiled a green snake and it started to try and coil onto mine. And this was a man, by the way, that was about to be made a leader in the same church that I was a leader. And it started, it started to try and make its way to my arms. So I pulled my hand away and shook it off. And to this day, that man still leads in churches and still preaches in pulpits, but he is bitten by Jezebel so hard. The religious spirits work in, com- um, uh, in coordination with Jezebel. Fear spirits do, manipulation, witchcraft spirits, all of these spirits. And, and now I'm going to explain something else in connection to this. Um, um, they know the Bible. Like spirits know the Bible. Like the devil quoted it at Jesus. He misquoted it, like out of context, right? But they, they know the Bible. And so if a person t- turns up into your world and they're sort of quoting Bible, but they seem, in, they seem controlling or they seem manipulative or they seem a bit fear or, this is the opposite, false humility. False humility is also spirit, right? The spirits on people can let them look right, and let them appear right. The man whose hand I showed you, I shook, he had this, he had a beautiful way of looking so appealing to all, everybody thought he was a man of God. Every, he had all of the right speech pouring out of him. He had all of the right things to say, all of the right scriptures in place. Looked right. Was a prosperous man too. So you'd even say the success would make you go, I can see he must be a man of God. Like, looks good. Right, but, but here's the thing is, every one of us have come into contact with people who have operated this way and sometimes they may have tried to latch onto you. I'm hoping that most people have recognised it or been able to just put it down and say no and reject it, but if they haven't, we're going to pray through some stuff right now. Okay? So, just do this. Say, say I want no part of manipulation. I want no part of control. I want no part of domination. I want no part of Christian gossip. I want no part of false humility. I repent of false humility. I repent of wrong words spoken. I repent of any time... I've moved in a way that was controlling. Now say this, I do not align with religious spirits. I do not align with Jezebel. I reject you. I reject your words. I reject your teachings. And now I'll keep praying. So Jesus, I pray that this blood of Jesus would really... um, um, wash people clean and really stand between people and those spirits. And again, for that that um, spirit, just real discernment from Holy Spirit to be able to hear quickly and know quickly the difference between uh, right motivations and wrong motivations and to see if, if there is um, some kind of activity in their own life that they need to keep giving up to you, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would highlight that in hearts and highlight that in lives. I pray for quick willingness to repent. I pray for faith to rise for that so that there would be that 
that really quick repentance from things that you just don't want us operating in. I pray, Father God, for purity here in our people. I pray for so much purity here in our people. But God, it's because you want to fill us and you're so gentle and you're so kind with it. I pray, Father God, for the Spirit of God to inform our hearts every day. I pray for a hunger of the Word of God to rise up in our hearts. And I pray people would be opening up their Bible and getting revelation from it every day. Holy Spirit, you are the illuminator of the Scriptures into our heart. And so illuminate into people's hearts Scripture and give them revelation and help them understand how we are to live to really honour you and and, and live for you in a way that's just so um, magnificent, actually. (laughs) It reflects a life that reflects Jesus. I do, I pray for a hunger for the word of God. And as we read the word of God, that you be speaking to our hearts about things that we can let go of, things that we can tweak, things that we can repent of if we need to quickly. I do pray for that quick-hearted willingness, Jesus. Quick-hearted willingness, Jesus, to walk with you and only want you and want your purification process in us, deep in us, for you to be having your way um, yeah, into the deep recesses of our heart, of our thinking, of our mind. I even pray for people's dreams, dream life. I pray as people are dreaming in bed as they wake up, um, God, it's the subconscious mind that is at work and you speak to us in the night seasons. You speak to us there. And I pray, God, people would quickly catch what you're speaking to and then be able to quickly wake up if you have like a crazy dream and just say, no, I reject that in Jesus' name. Jesus, you're so good. You're so kind. You're so kind with us. You're so good to do this in us. And thank you that you're gentle. Um, You're not in a hurry. You don't like drag us through life into this. Um, But I do do pray for faith in people to really respond to you loving them. Perfect love in us casts out all fear. And that's one of the first of the unfriendly demons that people open themselves up to you, right? So I pray that uh, that perfect love would just fill hearts here right now. Perfect love, fill hearts here now. Fill hearts and and things that people have given up here this morning, I pray, God, that you fill right now. Holy Spirit, give back. Fill hearts now. Fill hearts now. Fill hearts. Speak to people now, God. Even, I don't know, reignite dreams, reignite things that you've wanted them to do, God, they set aside or couldn't hear because they couldn't, couldn't respond to you speaking that because they couldn't actually hear you. I pray even now, reignite those dreams and those thoughts. I pray, God, I pray, God, that people would understand this life, the first foremost thing is our relationship with you, Jesus. And when we've got that really healthy, nothing else really is going to come into our life in a way that's ever going to tank our, our life. I'll just finish with this. The, the good opinion of heaven is, is, what, is what you need to know over your life. You need to know the good opinion from heaven over you. Is, we've sung. I'm, I'm a, you're approved, right? This, leave your shame at the door. <laughs> we sung those songs this morning. But you, you need to understand this. This is just the last thing. Ask God 
to show you. What is your opinion of me? What, what do you think of me? What do you say about me? Who am I, God? And allow him to speak to that and show you who you are. You are royalty. Like you are his son, his daughter. You are royalty. And so when you start to understand who you are from heaven's perspective, no other person that's ever going to come into your sphere or enemy entity, right, into your sphere is going to be able to steal from you the identity and who you are in God. So the weight of heaven's opinion upon you is what I'm going to pray, that we all learn to just grow up into that revelation because no fear of any other person, no fear of, you know, I don't know, stock market crash. None of that stuff matters when you know what heaven thinks about you. So it's just the last thing. Jesus, I pray for the weighty heaven of opi- the, the opinion, which actually is glory, right? The, the, the opinion of heaven. Lord, let people know. Let people know you, how the lengths and the depths that you've gone to to rescue them, but then also to set them on their feet. And, and stand them up strong, and then the weight of heaven behind your opinion, the, the love that you have, the good thoughts that you have toward us all, the good thoughts toward our success, our prosperity across every area of life is success and prosperity and growth and maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is for him to fill your life and be all to you that you've kind of just hoped, almost didn't let yourself hope too much because you don't want to have hope deferred, Right? Or disappointed. Well, Jesus wants to bust that. So Jesus, I pray, just bust that in people. Really, let people know who they are. So fix your eyes on Jesus. When Jesus comes into your view in ever-increasing way, like fix your eyes on him, right? It's as that is fixed and focused, then your own identity becomes much more clear. Amen. Amen. Just as a last thing, if you're here today and you're like, I I need to give my life to Jesus, I want to surrender. Maybe you did it one time before. Maybe you're away from him. Maybe you never have. I'm just going to pray right now. So um, this is gentle too, right? This doesn't have to be... um, I'll just pray every person in the room right now, again, with your eyes closed. Just say this, say this over your heart. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I yield that over to you now. Jesus, forgive me. I repent of it all. I repent of holding you stubbornly away. I want you. I don't want my old life. I don't want the life of my choosing. I want the life you choose for me. So I give you my life. I give you my heart. Come fill me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. So if you did pray that, could you, could, if, if you did pray that, and that's a sincere prayer from your heart this morning, come see like Akeem, Sammy, Brent, Clayton, me, after, okay? There'll be other people too, actually. Anybody that you know that you keep seeing here. I can help you with that. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.